Hi, I'm Marsha. Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. Today we're going to talk about amazing grace. Grace comes from God. It is up to Him if He wants to give favor. It is up to Him how much favor He gives, to whom He gives it to, and whether or not He chooses to show mercy, though we don't deserve it. It says in Psalms 84:11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. Proverbs 10:9 tells us, He that walks upright walks surely, but he that perverts his ways, shall be known. Proverbs 28, 6 Better is the poor that walk in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. And Psalms 15, 2 He that walks upright and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. I wanted to point out these scriptures because I believe it is important that we get an understanding that grace is favor from God, but he still expects us to live a right life and follow his mandates. Grace is the freely given unmerited favor and love of God, a virtue or excellence coming from God. And virtue is moral excellence, goodness, righteousness, conformity of one's life and conduct to moral and ethical principles and uprightness. The influence or spirit of God operating in humans to regenerate or strengthen them. And regenerate is to make over, recreate in a better form or condition. It's also a state of sanctification that's enjoyed through divine assistance. And sanctify means to set apart to a sacred purpose for religious use. The state of growing in divine grace as a result of Christian commitment after baptism or conversion. When we are baptized and become converted, we should practice moral and ethical conduct and principles. We are converted. We have made the commitment. If you are living any kind of way, doing anything that you want, where is the moral and ethical conduct? Where are the principles that you are supposed to be living by? The grace of God can touch people in a number of ways. I don't think you should look at it in a way where you go into heaven without walking in an upright manner. We see the favor of God on Joseph in Genesis 39, 1 through 5. This is only one of many times God showed his favor on Joseph. And it reads, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites. 
which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessings of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. It's a good thing when you find favor with someone and things just flow into place. But that happens because God, God has his favor on you and God blesses those around you for your sake. Joseph found favor with Potiphar, but before Potiphar, Joseph already had the favor of God on his life. Psalms 84.11 tells us, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. This tells us he will withhold no good thing from them that walk upright. The key word is walk upright. 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2 tells us, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Jesus suffered in the flesh. We are to arm ourselves. It says likewise, not living to the flesh, but to the will of God. If we are to live in the will of God, that means we are going to need to do some things on our end that places us in his will. It seems like some people are counting on God's unmerited favor to carry them into eternal life. If that's all it took, he would have no need of all of his other teachings about conduct, belief, or faith. He also wouldn't have told us to live according to God's will instead of the flesh. How many times have you recognized when God has given you favor in a situation or with a person? When things fall into place for us, do we arrogantly think it is because of us that it happened? Do we take the things for granted and keep on going like that should happen for us? Where did the arrogance come from? From observations, it seems to me that folks are depending on grace to take them through the gates of heaven. Grace is associated with salvation. God didn't have to do any of what he did to bring salvation to a dying world, but he brought Jesus to die for our sins, opening up the way for us to have salvation. Some people believe they can carry on in life doing whatever they want, though the Bible clearly tells us not to do it. They actually believe that grace and salvation have covered them like an invisible shroud against anything that they say or do, past, present, or future, good or bad. Yet scripture tells us in several places in the Bible to correct wrongs and live a holy life. It doesn't tell us to go our own way, judge people, don't forgive, 
fornicate, commit adultery, kill people, lie, because God's grace has covered everything that we do, past, present, and future. It does not say any of that anywhere, yet that's how some of us live. God lays out in the word that we need to surrender our filthy garb, go down in the water in baptism, and come up new, a new man, a new woman, and walk in a spiritually aligned walk with him, becoming a new creature in our character and our behavior. That means we don't do the sin that we used to do. He brought us out of the muck and mire when we ask him to come into our heart as our personal savior. Don't invite sin back into your life, not your new life. When you do, you're going right back down that same dirt road you just come off of. Grace isn't a fog hovering in the air waiting to surround us when we need it. Grace comes from God. He doesn't have to give it no matter how much he loves us. And speaking of his loving us, he will discipline us and he will convict us of wrongs. Just because he loves us, it doesn't mean that he ignores the bad intentions or the bad behavior from any of us, because he does not. When we are regenerated, we become a new creature in the Lord. We become this through water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That is what it means to be born again. John 3, 1 through 6 tells us, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou do, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. God gives unmerited favor. He will shine mercy down on a person. He still wants us to live by his instructions and follow his commands. Since God tells us what is needed in John 3, 5, this is the clearest picture I can offer that tells what God expects of us in order to enter into his kingdom for all eternity. Do not allow false prophets to deceive you into believing that you can keep eating from the table of devils. Then, when you die, let go of the fork and dance through heaven's gates. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes we see how the favor of God opens doors to a greater purpose, such as it did with Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers. God gave Joseph favor in each of his situations. In the end, he was in charge and saved his family and many others from the famine. That was God's greater purpose for him. Those things he went through 
None of them were a picnic, but the Lord's will needed to be done for Joseph to go through the journey that he went through because God laid it out that way for him. But he found favor in each situation and he did everything that he could to live a life that was pleasing to God. He did not fall into temptation when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. Though she lied on him and he was in prison, God continued to be with him and show him favor. God gives us grace when we least expect it. When bad things happen sometimes, it's not always from an evildoer. Sometimes it's for a greater purpose for your life that God has laid the journey before you. God's grace is so awesome, beyond words. He gives it freely, but he expects us to follow his word and do what it says, walk right to have eternal life. My closing prayer, Lord, may we not take for granted the favor that you place in our lives. We thank you for it. May we always strive to live in obedience to your word. And may we always have the blessing of your amazing grace upon our life. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'll say it.